What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Write Who You Know. This is the screenwriting podcast that's the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes. I'm Matt Hausfetter. Uh, geez, it's Friday, June 9th. Uh, is week six of the strike is just coming to a close. I unfortunately was not able to march uh, the past week or so. Uh, not for any other reason than this is so Jewish and so embarrassing. Uh, please don't turn off the podcast player. I had an ingrown toenail and I had to have it surgically removed. And, uh, yeah, so I'm currently walking around with like a bandage gauze, uh, some surgical tape, uh, with a traumatized toe. So I can't really walk around the Disney building right now or pick it in front of Netflix, but, uh, my heart is with the WGA and uh, I hear SAG authorization vote. I hear, I read, what do we get, like uh, 90-something percent, uh, which is great, but I ultimately don't think SAG's going to strike. Uh, I just don't think they will. I think they'll use uh, many of the gains set forth by the WGA striking and the, you know, the first uh, offer that the DGA took, which isn't bad, but we could have gotten much better, uh, or they could have gotten much better had they waited. That's just sort of... Uh, what I think, consider it conjecture, but you heard it here first. Uh, but yeah, so we're still in a strike. We're still doing our thing. Today on the podcast, I have Lauren Glover, who was our writer's assistant on two seasons of Fairfax, and she is fucking awesome. She's written on Nancy Drew. She's written on Damascus, which unfortunately she'll tell you about. I don't think you're ever going to see. Uh, she wrote on a Netflix animated show that you're probably never going to see. And this is a big problem with all of uh, what's going on right now. And she's mad as hell. Uh, and we're going to get into it, but not in like a, not in like a, not in like an annoying, uh, oh, it's so hard being a writer way more in like of a Patty Shayevsky network. Uh, we're not going to take this anymore kind of way. And it's inspiring. Uh, and Lauren's going to tell us her story. Uh, she came up uh, from being a nurse. She started as a nurse and was a fan of shows like Grey's Anatomy. And she wanted to learn how to be a screenwriter. And she just did it. And she just moved across the country and did her thing. And here she is. And she's going to tell us all about it. So uh, sit back, relax, torch a J, do it up, uh, pour that, pour that uh, Chablis. This is another awesome episode of the best screenwriting podcast in Hollywood, Write Who You Know. Pass. Nope. We love Matt. It's just a really hard time right now. The industry's contracting. Come back to us and get some bigger attachments. Tell them write what you know. No, tell him right who you know. I <laughs> tell me everything. This is a safe space. <laughs> so, um, honestly, I have felt very angry for a while about the way that the streamers are treating us. You know, writers in general, um, but specifically like lower level writers, and so. While I hoped, I really, really hoped that like the night of April 30th, a deal was going to be made at midnight. Me too. I was um, like being naive. I was like, no, they'll figure it, it out. It exactly. Exactly. I'd like, I was like, maybe, 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 maybe. But I, I felt in my gut like it was going to happen. So then when it happened, like <laughs> May 2nd, I think the morning of May 2nd, I was so angry and, and like all that pent up frustration that I'd been feeling all that all that time I was like well here's my outlet to like really let it out 
also I just started a new room. What like, show? What show? Because I saw on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, I can't three days into it, it, right? Yeah. Three days into the room. Um, and I was really looking forward to getting paid. Like <laughs> I, I was really looking forward to having a pay. Like I'd been unemployed from uh from when Nancy wrapped in December to April 26th, which was the day that room started. Oh my god. Um, so I was really looking forward to having a paycheck again. Um, yeah. and then the strike was called. But um, the show hasn't been announced yet. It's a Peacock show, um, a Peacock one-hour drama with a, a big comedian attached okay. to star. Um, this is this will be like he's like venturing out into dramatic roles. I don't think I'm allowed. It's to another say, Pete Davidson Peacock show, <laughs> right? Right, maybe ish. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we're hoping that like that saves, like the fact that this person is attached, like <laughs> saves the show. Yeah, because he was really, really, really excited about this show. So I'm like, hopefully, like we're able to resume the room when all of this is over. What do you think is like the worst? Like, you know, you spoke about being mistreated by the streamers. I completely agree with you. Like, are there specific, you know, instances or things that have happened to you where you're like, yeah, I can't believe this fucking shit has happened. And this is a direct example of why this needs to happen. X, Y, Z. I mean, on it, I mean, uh, several, but I have to say the thing that pissed me off the most, um, I was staffed on this adult animated show for Netflix called Bad Crimes. And um, it was a great room, all women, one man, uh, <laughs> one man in our room. Um, and it was it was great. It was going to be starring Nicole Byer and, uh, and Lauren Lapkus. And everything was amazing. And, you know, while we were in the Netflix animation building, like our off our office. It's, yeah, it's, is that, that's a little bit. Di that's not the main Netflix right. building where we're picketing. It's like. No, it's like off. It's like maybe five minutes from there. But it's a really, really nice space. Right, and um, they were like, nobody's here. So you guys like may as well have your writer's room here. Like it was literally empty. And so the whole the room was like almost 20 weeks. And, and, they, and it was IATSE or WGA? It was WGA. Wow, must be nice to have a WGA it animated must be. show. No, no, honestly, like the first week of the room, uh, not even in the room. No, uh, I, in my staffing interview, I asked my showrunner, Nicole, I was like, uh, can I ask you a question? Because I felt like it was like we were vibing and like yeah. it was going well. And I was like, can I ask you a question? Like, honestly? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, how is this show WGA? Because, you know, I've worked on it. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> right? to... I was like, what What did you do? And she said, um, oh, because of Greg Daniels. That makes sense. <laughs> like, that makes it. sense. She was like, that's the only reason. She was like, because he wanted it to be. Yeah, certain, so people, see, certain people tell me that uh, it's like a very talent-driven decision. For example, a buddy of mine is um, a buddy quote air quotes a, a, a guy colleague. i know that i've talked to a like colleague. three times <laughs> right he's running the chris rock animated show right um and he got that to be wga and i was like how he's like honestly they kept saying it was just gonna be ayatsi 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 and you know chris rock called and said no no make this wga show i want to have wga caliber yeah. writers and they did it <laughs> was that sanjay uh yeah yeah i yeah. love sanjay yeah me too. Yeah. I wish I got to work on that show. Any yeah. of these shows. Yeah, it, it would be amazing. So, so yeah, that was the room was great. Um, and the whole time because they 
Netflix, for some reason, they forced us to get Netflix email addresses. Like we weren't allowed to communicate about the show with our personal email That's addresses. Bizarre. It was so weird. We were all like, this is fucking I've weird. never heard of that. It was so bizarre. Um, so we are getting these internal emails from Netflix. Every By accident day. or like I don't know if they were aware <laughs> or cared. I don't know, but we are getting these emails every day that's like this entire department, you know, we regret to inform you that this department's being laid off effective immediately. Next day, this department's being laid off effective immediately. Like like every single day, it was more and more and more people and departments being laid off. So my showrunner was like, uh, <laughs> I'm getting hey guys. <laughs> exactly like, uh, it looks like we're in a burning building. Like clearly like <laughs> everything's something... fine. Exactly. Yeah, right. Business and, as usual. And, and we're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? She checked in with the execs on the show and they're like, oh, you guys are great. Everything's fine. You guys are doing amazing. We love everything you're doing. Your show is safe. All but this went on for months, right? The writer's room wrapped. We're like, oh, I guess, you know, they were right. Like, we made telling, it. We, we survived. Made it. Exactly. Like, even though there were constant, la the layoffs never stopped. La <laughs> layoffs continued. <laughs> out of fucking nowhere, that I swear to God, out of nowhere, October, I want to say it was like, it was right before Halloween, like October 20th or something like that. Um, my showrunner is like, in tears and she like texts in the us. room or? No, no she like texts us and she's like um uh they just told me that they're canceling the show and for like no reason no reason like they they gave no reason she was like they're just they're canceling the show and you know the animators were devastated because they like we met with the animators all the time and they were super excited about their work yeah and, um, and they're probably also working their ass off. It's like nobody works harder than those guys because they revise yeah, a thousand times. They were working so hard, so hard. And um, and yeah, I was just I think like that was probably what radicalized me. Like I was furious. <laughs> I was so I mad. Can imagine. And then, um, you know, ba basically the exact same thing happened on the next show that I worked on, which was. Damascus, um, a half hour like sci-fi. Was that the J.J. Abrams one? No, it's um, it, it's like an all black cast. Um, it, I mean, I, I talk about in a, in the past tense, but it was going to be starring Martin Lawrence, um, and <laughs> and it it. How do you what, cancel a Martin Lawrence? Show? I don't under like and and the show was completely fucking finished. Production had wrapped. Production was it was ready to go and AMC canceled it. So I uh, like within a week, I think I got the news about both bad crimes and Damascus. <laughs> and and that was what really like you were ready to just fucking burn go. everything down. Yeah. to the I'm ground. so sorry, Lauren. Thank you. That's that, that is terrible. And I also think, you know, I, I never thought before that I would have to worry that like, oh, maybe one day Fairfax will just get taken off Amazon. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's a thing that people have to worry about now is absurd. You yeah. know, that even if you make it all the way through production, you can still be canceled. Exactly. It's just a post, it's a exactly. post, uh, post air date cancellation. It's like, how could you do that? Yeah. To, you know, the 300 and even like thousands of people that work on an animated show, some overseas, some yeah. in Korea, some in America. It, yeah. It truly is it's a nightmare. Like I can't. 
I know it feels like to have something canceled, but to have something canceled before a people get to see it mm-hmm. or after all the work that you've done, like yeah. I would probably j- run into a river. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all so that they can avoid paying us like literally pennies in, in residuals. Cause you know, streamers don't really pay us residuals as it is, but like they're literally just removing <laughs> the shows just so that they don't have to pay us what little you know, they're required to pay us. And what what I'm also nervous about is like in this negotiating the WJ's having is the the way that the streamers have all the power is they don't share their data. Exactly. They'll tell you like Stranger Things was number one this exactly. week. Manifest was number three this yeah. week. They'll never tell you the same way that we know, like, hey, Nielsen reports every mm-hmm. day what the shows did the night before. And mm-hmm. that's how they equate who's going to, you know, how much to charge the advertisers for. Yeah. Amazon is a completely data driven place. Yep. Netflix is a complete like that's how they decide what movies and shows to green light is right. the data. You They're know? tech companies. Exactly. Yeah, that's and what they so, do. And so I'm like, even if we get some residuals, like how are you going to get them to agree exactly. to give us the data that, that the math can be done off of to give us the money? Exactly. And I don't think I think they would rather go out of business before they give us that information. Like they are like clutching on, like that is like their, (laughs) you know, like they, that is their everything. Like they will never tell us that. Like they think that's where all their power is. And whether it's like Amazon's freebie, freebie, Netflix now doing a tiered advertising thing, mm-hmm. HBO Max doing tiered advertising, they're all turning back into exactly. the network television model. It, it, but <laughs> don't want to pay us with exactly. network television exactly. pays. Exactly. So exactly. it's like, uh, exactly. you can't, no. I, I Like I read this article this morning that was like, I, honestly, at this point, I'm like, the streamers can all die. Like, like burn them to the ground. Like, and, and start something anew when this is over because- the article, I think, I think it was Mike Schur that was saying that um, the like what they started doing is that they put in the contracts for the showrunners, like when you sell a show, yeah. they started putting in the contracts like these bonuses, like oh, in season two you get like this kind of raise, and in season two like your pay like you know you get triple that, you know season four you get like quadruple yeah. that, right? So they're you know the showrunners are like this is fucking amazing, like of course. And then what they started they'll cancel, doing they'll cancel is you before they have to after renegotiate. season two. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that was, that was always our, our, our whole thought with Fairfax was like, no, the show will be great. And then in season three, we can yeah. renegotiate and we could get WGA. Yeah. And it's like, nah. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. It's like they're penalizing you for the show being good. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unless like, it's on the level of like Wednesday, they're yeah. like, it's not worth it to us. Exactly. Yeah. Amazon, I've said this before, but like Amazon gave the Teddy Aaron and I one check as a residual fee. Wow. (laughs) We split it three ways and took 25% three different times from three different reps. One check. Yeah. And it'll be there till we're dead. That's where I'm like. (laughs) What? Okay. Wow. And I asked my lawyer, I was like, does that, that comes every year, right? He's like, no. No. No, One time. One one time. Split between three adult people, Uh human adults. Uh Uh-huh. Like th- that aren't a couple yeah. or a throuple. No, and it took five. It took <laughs> like five years to three make three households. Five that years. Is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's that's insane. why I'm like this shit has to stop. I I told my re- like in December when Nancy wrapped, I was like honestly this was a great experience for me. I wish Nancy got more seasons, but you know it was the end. Um, my goal is to just staff on a network show like season one of like the next Grey's Anatomy uh-huh. and just stay on that shit. Oh, so you like, you prefer the rest a drama. Of my life or uh, not even so much a drama, just a, a broadcast network. Show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, my, like I, um, 
what people are like what's your favorite show or i'm like uh honestly like abbott elementary is yeah. definitely the my favorite comedy of the moment because yeah. a, it reminds me of the office but it's so fucking yeah. well done and i think it's hysterical i love abbott i love ghosts too ghost is great like too. Ghost, like I, that show i fucking love that show so yeah something like that um or or a drama, just anything as long as it's broadcast. Yeah, a buddy of mine, <laughs> a buddy of mine wrote, wrote on a, a million little things oh, like yeah. for like four years. Wow, you know, and just like just stacking cash yeah. and continually working and gets a hiatus and like has a very normal life. Exactly. And I got into this business like yes because I'm a writer, but because I saw the bosses that I had, I was like, oh, like you can make a living doing yeah. this. Yeah, you know, and like a good one. Exactly. And now I'm like, I it, don't know if you can. Yeah. It, no, you you can. I think that like that is exactly what the streamers have dismantled. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the same. Like catching up with friends on the picket lines. Like all, not all. I literally have like two friends that have been <laughs> consistently staffed on network broadcast network shows, all the rest on streamers. My broadcast network friends, like we've been, you know, they've been working writers for maybe four years now. They have houses like that. They own, yeah. <laughs> they like are able to like have families, you know, they, they are able to like take vacations and stuff like that. All my other friends staffed on streamers, like a lot of mini rooms yeah. and this type of bullshit. They're just struggling to get by. Yeah. Like they're just like, I I just I'm just trying to pay my rent next month. <laughs> I, I was so concerned about having WGA healthcare when my wife and I were having a baby. And I truly like went out to pitch for that network development cycle in like 2019. Like, yeah, sure, I want to sell a show and like yeah. get the money, but I really wanted the health care. Yeah. And the fact that like if you sell a show or like staff for a year, you know, you only get a year's worth of health care or like for every 40 grand you yeah. make, you get more health care. It's like, wow. Yeah. What fucking lunacy is this? You like, take people's health care yeah. away. It's it's it, it's <sighs> insane. And I, I think it's like even worse for SAG. Like when they were telling me like oh, the yeah. amount of money they have to make to have health insurance, I was like, oh, my God. Like. How how did you guys not burn everything to the ground a long time ago? Yeah. I'm afraid though that they won't actually strike. Like, I I kind of feel this. I I think that the AMPTP is going to like bend over backwards, giving them everything they want in the next thirty or you know whenever however long their negotiations go yeah. for. I feel like all of the progress, even in the DGA making that deal, like I'm oh like oh yeah, God. like so we went and struck for five weeks. And you told everyone like you were with us and support us and you yeah, won't make yeah, a deal yeah. without us. And then the first sec, it's like, it's like my, my grandmother uh, had a phrase about going to hotels. You never take the first room. That's just a jumping off point to negotiations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> or like the first table at that's a restaurant. A good point. Right? Yeah. And for the DGA to just do that so quickly, I'm like, if you had held that's out, so you probably could have gotten so much more. It's especially so with SAG now negotiating. Dumb. It's so like I honestly I feel bad for uh, DGA members and I hope they vote. No. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would love them not to be able to ratify this. It yes. would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Make make your negotiating committee actually negotiate. Yes. Like actually do their jobs. Yes. Yes. They're not. Um, Lauren, I know that, you know, we you've been on shows and you you will be back on shows. Yeah. But before we go into the future, I want you to take us back because you have an incredibly inspiring story. Um, and I think everybody would want to hear it because so many people aspire to be writers, but they have normal working jobs yeah. and they don't always have the wherewithal or the resources or the hustle or the grit that you had to figure it out. Yeah. So if you would kindly, even though I do know parts of this, first of all, growing up, like when did you realize like, I want to be a writer yeah. or did you not realize until you were already 
um, nursing I, in Los Angeles. No, I, um, so I pretty much always knew I wanted to be a writer. I grew up in uh, Maryland, you know, like very close to DC and Baltimore. I'm like 20 minutes from each. But um, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a novelist because I didn't even know like TV writing or, or screenwriting was even a thing. And so I was like, oh, well, I want to be like uh, like Zora Neale Hurston or, you know, like that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I was like writing my little short stories and um, and I thought that's what I was going to do. And then I graduated from high school and, you know, I'm applying to colleges and my mom's like, uh, <laughs> you're stop putting that you want to be a creative writing major. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. You want to be a what? Yeah. You like, say, no, no, like, no, 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 you don't. You, you want to be living in a car <laughs> like uh, under a overpass. Okay, Jewel. Like, yeah. like, right. Like, no, you're you're not going to do that, um, it, which, you know, I was kind of like fair point because where I grew up, like all the adults I knew like growing up in, in the DMV, like they either work for the government or they work in healthcare. Like that's, that's it. Or, or they work for the government via healthcare. <laughs> like they, they work for like the VA, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Yeah, There's so, only like three doors to it, go through. Exactly. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I went to nursing school and, uh, fucking hated it as everyone. Even from does. day one, you're like, I fucking, like, yeah, I, this it's, sucks. it's awful. Um, and the one thing that like got me through that time was watching, uh, Mara Brock Akeel's The Game. I fucking loved that show. Like I, I loved everything about it and it was like escapism. Like I, you know, I'd be in like, uh, working in the hospital for like 13 hours a night shift and like I'd come um, home and like I'd watch that show and I'd just like check out and I I thought it was great. And then out of nowhere, the show got bad and I, I didn't know why at the time, but like come to <laughs> find out like the God of this show. It, is exactly. Fucking like, up. What, why is I was so angry house. I was like, why is any of this happening? And like, I had a little notebook where I like wrote down like all my ideas for like characters and like storylines and stuff like that. And I was like, no, they need, like, they need help. They need me. They need <laughs> like, me. Like, why is any of anything that's happening happening? And then the show got canceled and I was devastated. And I remember Googling, like, how do you send ideas to TV shows? And, like, how do TV shows get made and stuff like that? And, and you know, this was uh, 2011. And Google said, like, these things happen in writer's rooms. And most writer's rooms are in L.A., and I was like, okay, I guess I need to go there and find someone to give my notebook to. And that's what I did. Did so, you drive across the country here? You fly? No, like- I, I sold my car. I had like an old beat up Saturn. And so I sold that car and then used that money to like buy my flight and like survive for a couple of months. Did you like, where did you stay when you first lived out here? Did you oh have friends God. or did you stay by yourself? Like I... So there was this crazy ass fucking woman on Craigslist. <laughs> there always went, is, isn't there? <laughs> That's how every Craigslist story starts. She was insane. And I can't even remember her name, but her, she was like uh, renting out her family's house in uh, Northridge. Mm-hmm. And so she had an ad and um, she was like, yeah, you know, I want to rent my family's house to like four women. It was like a four bedroom house to four women specifically. And the rent was like 
$700 for a room. And I was like, sounds good to me. I can me. swing that. And I didn't know anything about LA. I was like, yeah. And like, I'm looking at pictures of like Northridge. I'm like, looks nice. Yeah. Like, looks like a safe Beautiful this time of year. Place. Yeah. <laughs> right. It doesn't look like terrible. No. Uh, and then I got here and yeah, that woman was great. Like she would show up at like midnight, like just trying to see what we're doing and like if we're partying, you know, like just just like at all hours of the night, sometimes like her mom, she would show up with her mom because her mom owned the yeah. house. And like she's like screaming at her mom, like oh, calling God. her a stupid bitch. Oh, and so- God. I'm like, what is happening? So anyway, um, that's where I lived when I first moved here. And I was there for like like maybe eight or nine months until I found like, I got the fuck out of there. Also realized did not like Northridge. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No no shade to people that live there, but not my favorite place. Yeah. It's not, it's not great. Nah. Um, but yeah, so I got here. Um, and in addition to that living situation, I, I quickly realized I didn't know anything about anything, um, (laughs) as far as writing. And so um, I applied to Cal State Northridge to get a a graduate degree in screenwriting and started doing like taking classes there and just like meeting a fuck ton of people. Like I was just like networking like crazy. Good for you. And um, at the same time, I was working for a nursing agency like night shifts in in a hospital. Um, So I was doing all of those things concurrently. Um, and yeah, and, and like writing script after script, after script, after script, after script, like I probably wrote like, like, uh, eight or nine pilots. You're prolific. That's (laughs) impressive, Lauren. Thank you. But yeah, it was like, I think it was like my, my ninth pilot, um, where that I submitted to the uh, Sundance episodic lab in 2020 because i was writing roughly a pilot a year a pilot or two a year from the time i moved here in 2012 so in 2020 i submitted like my ninth one uh to the sundance lab and then i got accepted and then i i got staffed right after that right after the lab yeah i remember amazing where did you take the writer's assistant class that was through um i think it's called the writing pad the, so it's like a, a writing uh, tutoring uh, cl- company cool. called the Writing Pad. Um, so yeah, they had like a, a four week long class on how to, you know, taught by a former writer's assistant, then a staffed writer, um, taught like about how to be a writer's assistant and like and what it's even like in a room. Um, so like a lot of the a lot of the class was like. You know, what is a what is a writer's room even like? What is it like being in one? Yeah. And then we can tell you how to be an assistant <laughs> in a room. Because <laughs> like most because none of us had even been in a room. They're like, there are lots of snacks. Exactly. Right. There's it's a lot of a lot of eating, uh, a lot of uh, doodling. Complaining about of... your loved ones exactly. or your kids or whomever the fuck is bothering you. So from the writing assistant class, how did you get involved with Hillman grad? Oh, so that, no, it, that was, um, or am I, do I have my timeline? Yeah, timeline. So when I got here in 2012, um, and I was doing all that networking that I mentioned before. Um, so I got out of that shitty situation in Northridge, uh, found a new roommate through networking 
And my new roommate was like, hey, I know, you know, you said you just moved here to try to be a TV writer. I know this woman who's a TV writer and she just posted on Instagram that she wants to mentor people like she wants to mentor like uh, um, aspiring black writers. And I was like, oh, what what is she charging? Because I don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> and my former roommate was like, I don't think she's charging anything. And I was like, oh, OK, well, when, when do I <laughs> Who need is to this be woman? there? Exactly. And like, where do I need to be? And and when? What's the dress code? <laughs> and, and what's the catch? Like, yeah. if she's not charging anything. And so she showed me the Instagram post and it was Lena. And um, and yeah, at that time, I don't even think Lena knew what what she was trying to do was lena on masters of none by this point or no, was it pre-masters she, of none just like lena writing yeah i think she was a writer on uh, bones yeah i think she was on bones at that time holy yeah, shit because this was this was like 2013 yeah okay and so what was good like what was you uh, so you you got your way into the yeah. program like you show up what is it where is it tell me everything I mean, i'm so it's curious literally like me and like maybe seven or eight other people that seems like <laughs> that a small number that. after like you know yeah. yeah it must have been pre whatever lena because oh, i feel yeah, like no. if she did it now there'd be like a line down no the street. no nobody at that time like nobody knew who she was she was not like lena wait yeah. and so it's just me and like seven other people that happened to see the the instagram post and we were like yeah we're here and this is free like what do we do and um and so she split us into groups um like people that want to write features and people that want to write tv and um she met with us like at, at a at a some place in hollywood some office in hollywood i can't remember where we were but um she would meet with us like once a month and we would we were supposed to be like <laughs> consistently working on our scripts in that time period and she walked us through like this is how you uh, create a character. And like, these are the aspects of like an actually interesting and compelling character and story. And this is how you write an outline. And, you know, this is like what a pilot should be like. And so she, over the course of like a year, she walked us through all those things. And like, you know, we would come in once a month and, um, you know, read our pages. And by the end of it, almost all of us had, like one completed, like a rough draft of a pilot. And then she organized a table read with actors that she knew um, to read our pilots. And so that was like the graduation. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, because so where I meet you is... I I don't know. I think it's 2018, potentially 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was 2018. Okay. Yeah. I get a voice note that's like a minute and 42 seconds yeah. from lena which is her preferred method of communication these days where she just goes wow there's no punctuation yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like stream yeah, just like a rant <laughs> and she sent me this rant because she knew we were starting fairfax and she was like i know this girl named lauren she just did this writing assistant intensive Aww. there are so many people that i know want to do this but like i'm telling you like she's the one she's ready like you need to meet her and I was like, okay, like yeah. happily. Um, and that's where we met you on FaceTime yeah. in your car yeah. when you were being a nurse. On a lunch break. Yeah. Yeah. And we were so impressed that you uh, 
that you had taken upon yourself to like go to a writer writer's assistant workshop yeah. that we immediately were like, yeah, if you went and saw like you can take notes. Yeah. We're pretty sure it's not if you can fucking be a nurse There's, in a right, hospital, right. I'm pretty sure uh, you, you can, can do this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And and honestly, like it, it's funny that you say that because like now, like for a long time, I felt like I was so far behind having worked as a nurse all that time. Like I felt like especially at uh, Cal State Northridge, I felt like I was so old and like everyone else is so much younger than me. And like, this is their first degree, obviously. And like, I was like, I'm going to be like, when I finally get staffed, I'm going to be like the oldest fucking writer ever. <laughs> and, and like, I wasted so much time working as a nurse, you know, I'm so far behind. And then, and, and now, you know, that I'm a working writer, like it's, that's never been the case. Like yeah. I'm, Definitely not the oldest. Never. That, that never I'm, ever, I'm never ever. the oldest. You know, people seem to be really fascinated by the fact that I was a nurse, you know, and they like really value that for some reason, even if it doesn't have shit to do with the God show. God forbid someone slips in the writer's <laughs> right, room, bangs exactly. their head. We, we're yeah. a nurse. <laughs> like, I'm like, that. me being a nurse has nothing to do with like this show. But, you know, they seem to really like that. So... Yeah, I, you know, even though I had this this roundabout way of getting into this industry, like now I I appreciate it more yeah, than I, I did before. I Someone once told me it takes a lot of stepping around to find the right path. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it's totally true because nobody has the same journey of like yeah. how they became a writer. Um, and I think it's incredibly interesting how people find that circuitous way to get where, you know, you feel like you belonged. Yeah. Um, I, always, I ask everybody this, and I'm so curious for you because, you know, it must have felt like winning the lottery. Do you remember the moment when you found out you got your first staff job and, like, the phone call or, like, did you yeah. scream? Were you in the car? Like, please take me through it. I, so, um, when I was in the Sundance Lab, uh, LaToya Morgan was one of the mentors in the lab, and we really, really hit it off, and she really liked my pilot that I submitted, uh, which, by the way, was, like, a kind of, like, making fun a little bit of the hospice company that, Is that I the one that for. I, that I read. You, maybe, cause maybe. You, you sent me a pilot about, about working hospice in hospice. Or, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she really liked, uh, that pilot and, um, and yeah, we just really hit it off. And then, uh, the lab was over and I felt really sad cause I was like, well, like now not only do I have to go back to being an assistant, but also like, I don't get to interact with mentors like Latoya anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it like three or four months passed and then out of nowhere I get this email from Latoya's assistant and <laughs> the assistant's like hey Latoya is show running a new show and wants to know like if you want to be a staff writer on it and just on I the email yes oh my god and I read the email <laughs> and I was like no <laughs> and I just like put my phone down and I like I remember like just sitting down and like staring out the window for like probably 10 minutes because I'm just like this can't this is a hallucination <laughs> like it, be happening. It, this is not happening right now like I I I, I, I <laughs> like I, I just remember like just staring out the window like this is not reality yeah this cannot be happening and then, like, I took several deep breaths, and I think, like, my partner came home because he hadn't been home. And I was like, you're not going to believe, like, the shit that just happened. And I tell him, 
and he's like jumping up and down and like uh, like I'm still staring out the window and he's like jumping up and down and like cheering and dancing and I'm like okay so if he's here and this like I guess this is really happening and so you know I responded and I tried to be like very a very normal person like, yes I, that yeah, sounds exactly. interesting I will consider it exactly like <laughs> hmm let me check everything out let, let me check like everything else I have going on right now and I'll I'll let you know um, but yeah, that it was, it's still probably like one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Did you celebrate that night or like, please tell me you did something celebratory or like called everyone you knew or. I don't even remember. Like it's all of, I'm sure I did, but I just don't remember what I did. It it just, I just remember like, you know, it's like a haze, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, yeah. like you're like just on cloud nine. So totally. yeah, it definitely like one of the top 10 experiences of my life. Like, Do, it, do you yeah. feel that way at all? Like when you've gotten other jobs, are there any other moments that you remember that felt like triumphant to you where you're like, Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably like finally, finally getting into the Sundance lab. That's awesome. That's great. Like getting that phone call because they don't like they don't do. Do they that. call that? So they call you. They and call tell you. you. They don't do that over email. Um, do you remember where you were? I where was I? No, I don't remember where I was. Um, but I do. So it, it's funny because I'd been a finalist two in two times in a row before they. You're finally, like Rudy of the ex- Sundance Episodic exactly. Lab. That was basically me. And so, uh, Jen Blake, <laughs> she called, she was like, Lauren. So it, it was like a gag because this had happened to me several times yeah. before. And it was she, the same woman who yes. tells you like, you're in, you're out. <laughs> exactly. So I saw her calling again. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Another yeah, pass. Exactly. And she was like, Lauren. So, you know, I, I am so happy that I don't have to torture you again anymore. Like you're, you know, we've decided like you're, you're ready for the lab. And I just, I cried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet, yeah. sweet relief. Yeah. Cause I was like, if this, if she's calling me, like if this bee is calling me again, I, I already told myself, like, if this is a rejection call again, I'm done. Like I'm not applying. This is the last time. Like Never. I'm not even watching the Sundance channel it, anymore. No, We're on fucking on strike Tra- from Sundance. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck them. No. <laughs> Lauren, when you go home now, like, are, do people think like, you know, celebrity Lauren Glover killing it in television out in Hollywood? Uh, I mean, I know this is going to sound like <laughs> sad and like poetic, but I don't really have a home anymore. That's like, okay. I mean, I. Um, LA is your home. Yeah, it basically is. Like my my mom and my stepdad left Maryland a couple years ago. They moved to Atlanta and I know virtually almost nothing about Atlanta. Um, so you don't go back there and like see them for Thanksgiving or whatever? I, I, I so this last Thanksgiving, I, did, I went to Atlanta. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I want to go back to Maryland, but it's like no one there that I actually am close with, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of wish I, I could like do that. Like, Oh, like I'm hot shit. No, I just, I was was hoping you, you know, you would tell me like, you know, I, I have a bunch of people that have been cheerleading for me, you know, you, you you make your friends and like, you have like a class of people sort of like, I always say that, you know, when you're an assistant, there are other kids that. 
are kids. There are other people that are assistants, and you kind of like root for each other yeah. and hope that each other makes it because the rising tide lifts all ships. So yeah. I was really just getting at. Um, I, I definitely have those people like in, in L.A., though, um, like we uh, my friend Caroline a few years ago, she started this black women writers group. And so like at, at the time, all of us were assistants, all of us like, you know, it was like she started it with maybe 20 or so of us. And we were all, um, you know, either writers assistants or script coordinators or PAs even. Yeah. Um, and now just about all of us are working writers. And so, yeah, it's like it's it's, awesome. it's crazy. Do you remember? Because yeah. um, I think a lot of listeners are always interested to hear, like, how do people get your agent? Yeah. Or like your manager. Like, was that something that felt like triumphant or all or like, yes, like it was a step or like something I needed to do or were yeah. you just like, man, just like happened and whatever. Or is it like something that you at the time felt like, OK, I have gotten over one of the hurdles to entry? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did not realize it was a false victory uh, <laughs> at the time. But yeah, um, because you ended up firing these people. Oh, yeah. Um, so. I can tell by the look on your face. I know this is a it was, a an auditory experience for yeah. most people, but I get to see the look of disgust that you just, just made was so, so obvious. It's just so fucking stupid. And I, you know, I didn't know at the time like this happens to a lot of a lot of new writers. I would say even most. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Lena's former assistant Raquel. Yeah. Raquel is a gem. Like she's fucking incredible. But um, she had read. One of the pilots that I sent to Lena because she's her assistant and she was like, this is fucking amazing. Um, And uh, Lena has a friend who's a manager and he's looking to represent new writers. She was and she was like, can I send it to him? And I was like, yeah, of course, please. (laughs) Now, today, (laughs) chop, chop. Um, And so, you know, it was this guy at um, Management 360. I won't say his name. Um, and, uh, anyway, he, you know, we had a really great initial meeting and I just felt like I was sold a lot of dreams, you know, he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, we're going to have you staffed by like the end of the year, this, that, the other. And he proceeded to just like stop answering all communication, say after like eight or nine months, just like. When email me back, when text me back, when answer any of my phone calls, nothing. That's fucking insane. Nothing. And um, yeah, nothing. Well, he missed out on a real good one. Thank you. Or he didn't. He he had and let it go. Yeah. So fucking dumbass. Yeah. So I didn't get reps again until after, um, after the Sundance Lab, you know, and then I was staffed. So then, of course, you know, they want they then come out the woodwork. Yeah. Once he, they, once you have a dollar on your head, they all come out the woodwork. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. So did you have your pick of the litter? Did you get to like pick? Did you have a bunch of meetings? Um, I. So I um, what did I do? I actually, so my, my managers that I have now, I that met, you like, you like them. I really like okay. them. Yeah. Um, Should we shout them out? Just give them some love just in case they're listening. Yeah. Who John and me. Sydney. I love you. <laughs> That's very but nice. they're at fourth wall management. John Huddle, yeah. Yeah. He was my first ever agent. So I love really? him too. We'll give a big shout out to he, John Huddle. He, he always talks about you. He pulled me yeah. out of assistanthood. Like I wow. wrote a thing and he wrote me an email it's the email that like changed my life. He was Aww. like, I don't know who you are or what talent was answering the phones at Paramount, but please deliver yourself to my office because I would is... like to sign you. Oh, 
And I remember like I was walking to the front door of my house after like a day of being an assistant at the show Revenge and I like fell to my knees. Like oh, I did it. <laughs> that is so sweet. Yeah. And even like when you know, when I did get my first staff yeah. job, even though he wasn't going to make a dime from it because he was my feature agent, he was on his honeymoon and he goes, I'm emailing you secretly from under a towel. Oh, my my new wife can't see me to tell you how proud of you I am. And that it made me very so happy. That's so fucking sweet. Yeah. So I you love, love them. That. That's yeah, great. Yeah, I love them. So I I met them through a producer that I was working with on um, the script that got me into Sundance. And um, that situation did not work out but you know at the time she was like wait you don't have any rep why, why do you not have any reps and I told her about what happened with the guy at management 360 and she was like oh you need, need to meet um she, I think she she like recommended me to three different management companies and I just liked John and Sydney the most like I yeah. liked their dynamic uh, um and how they like complimented each other um so I signed with them um, and then they introduced me to my agents now that I just signed with, like oh, cool. literally. Where, where are you? Um, A3. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. So you like your agents now? I Yeah. Ish. I mean, I, you don't I, know. I don't we'll know find them out yet. After the yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't even know them yet, but I, I mainly, you know, I struggled for a long time with like, do I even need agents? Like I've been working pretty consistently yeah. and I don't want to lose my paycheck yeah. <laughs> like I, I i have my money like that like no yeah. like until i get on a network show yeah i need my fucking money yeah um so i really struggled with like do i even really like need to get an agent but um the main reason why i i decided to get an agent was because i feel like we need more help in selling <laughs> my pilots you yeah. know and like getting attachments like actors directors whatever the fuck um so i felt like when i met when i met with a3 i felt like they were capable of helping with that that's awesome uh now that you've been in a couple rooms lauren both as an assistant and as a writer are there any um like tips that you would say like if you are getting your first staff job obviously mm -hmm. not right now because no one is allowed to write yeah but like what are your tips to surviving as a first time staff writer hmm that's a good question i because i feel like i learned a lot of this honestly being a writer's assistant great you know Fabulous. <laughs> i'll take the win <laughs> yeah so i mean you're an incredible writer i mean you. you know i mean thank you yeah i mean i i think i mean there's a lot of things but i would probably say like most of all just be likable like and and like the show you know like i i i think people often underestimate like just being a team player and getting along with everyone in the room. Mm -hmm. And even if the story is not going in a direction that you think is good, like still pitching to that and not against it, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, especially as an assistant, like three, three times, I was like, I'd see times in the room where I could just see like, a, a lower level writer pitching against where the story was going. And I could just see the showrunner like bubbling up. <laughs> that, you, you make a hundred percent. And that's a tip that I, that I tell everyone is if you 
if you think your boss or your showrunners or the upper level writers, they're running in a direction that you don't agree with, mm-hmm. just run with them. Exactly. You don't need to be the one that goes, this is stupid. They'll figure it out on their own. Exactly. Or they won't. Exactly. But their name is on the show and yours is, I mean, like yours is sure. Yeah. When it's yeah. your episode, yada, yada. It's their show. It's mm-hmm. their vision. And when it's your vision, you're in the captain's chair. You can be the smart one that has all the answers. Exactly. But when you're there to be a cheerleader and to like, you know, pitch and be helpful and yeah. to be a good uh, cheerleader to your boss, I don't think being the person to go, nah, I don't think exactly. so. Exactly. Like, who the fuck wants to be with that person Exactly. All day? Especially exactly. if you're wrong. Exactly. You know so you better be dead. Like, first of all, if you do do that, you better be fucking dead it, on. It, it, it better be the best fucking pitch like <laughs> anyone has ever pitched in the history of pitching. I like, agree. If, if you're going to do that. Like, that's, I agree. And, and typically, I don't have pitches like that. I feel like most of my pitches are like, good but not great but that's all that matters as long as you're pitching to the story yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it's in the direction the showrunner wants it to go yeah so yeah that, I think that's, that's my advice. number one tip i would say that and along at the same time being likable and getting along with people um you know i see people all the time on twitter that's like you know I don't know why, like, I never can get staffed. I've been trying to get staffed 15 years, you know, all this shit. And I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder if they're a likable person. Yeah. You're definitely, <laughs> you it's know? like you're giving up an energy. It's, it's Exactly. It's you. That's exactly. the reason. I, and I'm like, I don't know these people, so I can't say for sure. But, yeah. you know, maybe unpack that first. Yeah. <laughs> so, much, so much of it, at least I found, was can I spend 12 hours in a room or on a yeah. zoom with this person? Um, will, will they be helpful when things are good, but more importantly, will they be helpful when things are exactly, bad? you know, and there are some people that like shut down or it's like, if I'm not home by seven o'clock, Yo, you know, this like, is pre COVID, but like, yeah, people would get pissed. I've seen writers turn chairs around and be like, fuck this. Like we're not supposed what? to be here. We need to go home. Yeah. You know, I was on a show that like you would go out at like, sometimes we'd be there till one, sometimes we'd be till three. And that's when um, Undateable went live uh-huh. like in the last season. And like there were writers that felt like, you know what, like life's too short. And I get it. I was like a bright, bright eyed, bushy tailed staff writer. And I was yeah. like, this is amazing. There's free Starburst. Yeah. And they're like, dude, you like could stay up all night. I, I, me too. <laughs> I was like, it's a sleepover. Right. And they're like, fuck you, house. <laughs> and I understand because I think certain people are like, when I'm at a certain level, I've experienced a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to be here all night if you do this right. Yeah, that's, you know? that's true. And I think that was their attitude is like something's broken here yeah. because we should be going home. And I was like, I don't give a shit yeah. if it's broken. Like, this is awesome. And I'm getting paid to like tell fart jokes. Yeah. Um, so I think like being gracious and like truly always, I, I would like pinch myself every day driving to any of the writing jobs I yeah. have because I could not believe, you know, Same. that I was getting to do this. Yeah. Especially on like Fairfax with, with, with the people that we had in yeah. the group twice. It was yeah. just like, magic and yeah. so i think um i feel the same i feel like you know like just incredibly incredible like i literally tell people like i have my dream job and i just hope that we're able to sustain our careers yeah. <laughs> through this strike um but yeah it's it's my dream job you know i see people in other industries that are like you know oh i hate my job i hate my life and you know i can't wait to retire and i'm like I don't want to retire. Yeah. Like I want to do this as long as I can possibly do it. Yep. So Lauren, I, I obviously we're in a strike after the strike. Like what, what's next for you? Like, do you have goals, like dreams? You want to yeah. sell a show? Do you want to, what do you like? What, what's like the next, like, that's what I yeah. want. And if you don't know, that's okay too. I mean, 
initially after the strike, I'd really like to, you know, resume day four of our <laughs> of our writers. Room. Uh-huh. I saw you guys had sugarfish on your last yep. day, which was just it, the third it was, day. It felt very like foreboding. You know, like, it, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, originally we were supposed to have Mendicino that day. Mm-hmm. And I was I was like, I, you know how I feel oh, about Mendicino. Fuck I them. fucking I hate, hate it. it. Me too. I it's fucking disgusting. hate it. And somebody was somebody in the room was like, guys, you realize this could be our last day and we're going to eat fucking Mendo. <laughs> <laughs> and every, and uh, my my showrunner and, and my friend uh, Shay was like, you know what? fuck this <laughs> and so we ordered sugar fish in it and it was less it was like the last supper yeah you know um but yeah initially like after the strike i'd like to resume that room it's gonna be fucking dope yeah. um and then after that um i'm writing a feature right now and i'd really really like to sell that yeah um and uh yeah then hopefully get staffed on or sell a network show a yes. broad a net, all bro, abc nbc cbs fox I'm, fox yep. I'm, I'm talking to you <laughs> I'm, with you there. I'm right there with you every year we try i try and sell a network show because like that's what i you it, know yeah if you can come up with the goldbergs or abbott elementary yeah. or fucking young sheldon like you can do that for seven eight years exactly and, and then you can retire and, you, and then yeah, if you want to yeah. you know yeah yeah I don't want to. Though. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Wanna, I just want to be with people all day. And like, that's that's what's so devastating to me is like, I knew, uh, I know how good it is. Like yeah. when, when we are working, it doesn't even have to be a show that I created. Like exactly. I, just to be in the room, I know how good I have it. And some people like don't and they get jaded and they don't care. And they're yeah. like, you know, I want to get home. But like, I truly felt for the last three years, like, is it me? Like, I can't get staffed. And I yeah. was writing letters to showrunners, like, personalized. Like, you know how I am, like, mm-hmm. how we got music on Fairfax. I'll yeah. write a letter to whoever. Um, And I thought, like, is it me? Mm-hmm. Like, do I not? It's because I don't have cool credits. Like, mm-hmm. I've written on this weird multicam and then a Spanish soccer comedy yeah. and then an animated show. Like, who gives a shit? And I truly realized, like, on these picketing lines of, like, no, there's, like, 12,000 of us. exactly, And there are three or four seats in a room that goes for 10 weeks yep. and after the showrunner has hired their best friends that they've come up with forever it's like there's one spot left exactly and you think it's gonna go to you matt exactly like, are you out of your fucking mind and then to make matters even worse you know the streamers are canceling shows left and right yeah so when a show's not getting multiple seasons how are people going to get hired yeah <laughs> you know, know? so <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 awful and i I actually I just started to in order to write this feature because I just felt completely uh, uninspired and yeah. like a little depressed. So I was like, wait, like I was on the picket lines and I met up with three or four different friends who all told me they they were also struggling to write a feature like yeah. they were we were in the exact same place. And I was like, wait a minute, we should just start a writer's group. So. I started that like three weeks ago. Do you guys have a cool name like Fox Force 5 or uh, like the, it, the Glover it, Girls? It's, it's a little basic. It's just Feature Bays. Okay. <laughs> feature okay. Bays. I'm going to keep pitching on Glover Gals. I, I love Glover Gals. So <laughs> We could sell that to Glover NBC Gals. tomorrow. Yes. Yes. We met on the picket lines and we're all writing features. We're four friends. Right. We all live together. Right. I we're writing it. features yeah. possibly. Uh, but yeah, but but like meeting, like we had our, I think it was like our third or fourth meeting yesterday. And like, honestly, 
I almost cried because like everybody is so fucking talented and everyone's pitching like such good ideas for every everyone's like individual projects. And I was like, this is what, you know, we're fighting for to be like, this is like a right, a little mini writer. Like this is what being in a writer's room is like. And (sighs) I just miss it. Dude. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Yeah. When Fairfax ended, like, sure, I was sad about, like, no more show and fun and money. The truth was I was very sad because I knew, like, Aaron and Teddy were going to go that way and I was going to go this way. And, like, yeah, we can continue to work on stuff together. But, like, getting to go to work every day and see them and, like, feel like I was part of a team that was doing something bigger, like, that's what I miss. And so just, like, being collaborative with people, it it is so much fun. And I I, I hope we figure this out because that's all I want to do is, like, I'm, like, burn it to the ground and figure out how to build it back up. Like a phoenix. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Rise from the ashes (laughs) so that everybody can, like, have a living in in a career. I'm, like, I I, I say this all the time, but, like, we get to the party and the cops are coming and the keg is tapped. And it's, like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's... Honestly, because we're we're like about the same age, yeah. and I f- I felt that way pretty much like my entire life. E- you know, even when I graduated from nursing school, I graduated in the middle of the fucking recession. Um, there were no jobs. I applied to probably a couple hundred hospitals. Oh my God. Nur- At first, I was like, I'm I want to work in a hospital. I'm a new nurse, and then when I didn't get any answers from any of them. I resorted to nursing homes. They weren't even fucking high. No one wants to work in a nursing home. Even nursing homes weren't hiring. Yeah, they're the streamers of the nursing. Exactly. You tried to get in the networks of the hospitals. Exactly. (laughs) Like, no one wants to fucking work in in a nursing home. And even they weren't hiring. And this went on for, like, you know, like a year, like a, a year or two after I graduated. So I feel you about, like, you get to the party and the cops are like, yeah. it's over, you know, dude. The last thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, I'm a fucking T-shirt freak. Uh, Lauren, for all of you that can't see, is wearing, I think, what is a vintage yeah. Rhythm Nation uh, yeah. Janet, Jackson Janet Jackson shirt. Where did you get this shirt? Ooh, I have like a number of sites that I just alternate between and I'm not sure. I, it's probably Etsy. Okay. Probably got it. Probably, but I also like sometimes like I I buy shirts on eBay. Me too. Especially like the vintage ones. And you were seeking out specifically a Janet because I know Janet's your yeah. favorite, and you told me you're going yeah, to see her the bowl. I love her. I think your shirt is incredible. Thank you. And it's probably like a you know yeah. A, you probably it's an investment piece as we'll say. Yeah, yeah. Well, wear it in good health, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you for coming to do this. Thank you. I wish you the best of luck in your career. And as you know, Durr, if we can ever do anything for you. Thank you. you know, Thank you. We're else. here. And we love you, dude. And we're, we're rooting for Yay. you to continue crushing. <laughs> same. Same to you. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Mm-hmm.